A new study says that men with smaller penises desire faster cars. A man survived at sea for 24 days on only ketchup. And as egg prices rise, there is a spike in egg smuggling from Mexico. These are the weird stories for Monday on Weird AF News, the only daily weird news podcast recorded inside a closet in the galaxy. So proud, so proud. I drive a fast car. It's really fast because my penis is small. I found a pack of Magnum condoms, but none of them fit. I had to sell them all. A new study says that men with small penises desire fast cars. Well, I should let you all know that I drive a steamroller, so that should tell you how big my penis is. Okay, let's find out what organization made this useless study. I love how funds going into the world of science are being used for such studies. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here with a nut allergy that no one can figure out. We just can't cure that, but let's find out penis size and car speed if there's a correlation. According to a new study, men who are convinced their penises are smaller than average have a higher desire for fast cars. The University College London released this study. It's called Small Penises and Fast Cars, Evidence for a Psychological Link. (laughs) I just love how this is science. I mean, if you were flipping through like a a real scientific journal and you saw this title, Small Penises in Fast Cars, is there a link? You'd be like, is this really a scientific journal? What is this? Well, let's get into the details of this million-dollar important study that we all need in the world. Researchers told some men that the average penis size was 7 inches. They told other men it was four inches. The actual average size is five inches, though, according to the report. Anyways, the test subjects then were asked to use a slider to determine how, how much they wanted fast cars. So they would slide it to one side. Ooh, I want a fast one. Zoom! The subjects were also presented with other luxury goods and statistics to conceal the true nature of the study. According to the data, younger men under 29 years of age showed little link between penis size and fast cars, but in the 30 and older group, they found that men who thought they had a small penis, they actually wanted the sports car more, even into old age. Uh, But, I mean, that could mean that just men over 30 want faster cars as well, I think. The study found that in that group, those who were convinced they were unusually well-endowed became less interested in sports cars, they added. The researchers say that further experiments are necessary to see if perceptions of wealth and intelligence also contributed to the, quote, need for speed among men, but suggested that perhaps there is just something specific linking cars and penises in the male psyche. I'm going to say we don't need any more experiments for this. No further experiments are necessary. No money needs to be spent on this. We have real problems in the world. And this is less than scientific, the way they've acquired this data asking people about their penis size and their penis, you know, this is like, what you have to do is have every car dealership measure the penis length of a man buying a fast car and also measure the penis length of a man buying a slow car, like, like the car I drive. Now you have real data, solid data that you can put together. You should also, while you're at it, do a study for small penises and big trucks. I think there's a lot of that going on. How about men that need to walk around with their AR-15s? I think they have small penises as well. And what does this say about 
guys that are driving around in bird scooters. I mean, are they really packing it? Could be. A man survived at sea 24 days eating ketchup. This is a miracle. I don't even know you could survive on ketchup this long. It doesn't seem to me like ketchup has a lot of nutritional properties. Maybe I was wrong this whole time. The Colombian Navy rescued a man from Dominica who says he survived 24 days adrift in the Caribbean on a sailboat by eating ketchup, garlic powder, and seasoning cubes. Wow. Wild, man. His name's Elvis Francois. What a cool name. Elvis Francois, age 47. Elvis Francois wrote the word help in English on the boat's hull, which officials say was the key to his rescue. The sailboat with Elvis Francois in it was spotted from the air 120 nautical miles northwest of La Guajira Peninsula, and Elvis Francois was taken to the port city of Cartagena by a passing container ship, according to the media. Elvis Francois told the Colombian authorities that his ordeal began when currents swept the sailboat out to sea while he was making repairs off the island of St. Martin in the Netherlands Antilles, where he lives. Here's a quote from Elvis Francois. Well, I called my friends. They tried to contact me, but I was lost. I lost the signal. There was nothing else to do but sit and wait. He said he subsisted on a bottle of ketchup, garlic powder, and something called Maggie Cubes. I had to look up Maggie Cubes. They are an international seasoning brand owned by Nestle. Maggie Cubes are used to season anything from soups to rice, and they become a household name, although I've never heard of them. Uh, sounds like something you should have sitting around because you can survive for weeks and weeks on these Maggie Cubes, it sounds like. Elvis Francois was found in good health, surprisingly, but he had lost weight, of course. How did he survive? Well, he collected rainwater with a cloth. I don't know how you do that. Oh, I guess you just collect it and then wring it out into a cup or something. He also had to constantly remove water from the boat to prevent his little sailboat from sinking. He also tried to light a fire to send a distress signal without success. That doesn't sound like a good idea to light a fire on your vessel. What do I know about being lost at sea, though? Everything I know about being lost at sea I learned from Gilligan's Island reruns. Finally, a plane passed by, and he signaled with a mirror. This guy's a genius, man. He said the Navy told him that he was spotted when the plane passed again. The Navy reported that Elvis Francois received the medical check on shore and then was handed over to immigration authorities for his return home to Dominica. We have one more quote from Elvis Francois. Oh, you know, at some point I lost all hope. I thought about my family, but I thank the Coast Guard. If it weren't for them, I wouldn't be telling my story. Now, I am extremely curious how long one can survive on such things as ketchup. So I've been fiddling around with this AI where you type in a question, you ask the AI to, to do something, and it can do a lot of stuff. It's called uh, ChatGPT. Have you guys heard of this? I recently came across it, and I've been messing around with it. So I just asked ChatGPT, how long can you survive on ketchup? And the AI says, you know, ketchup is not a complete source of nutrition, should not be used as a sole source of sustenance. It's primarily made up of tomatoes, vinegar, sugar, and spices. And while it does contain small amounts of vitamins and minerals, it is not a balanced source of nutrition and does not provide all the essential nutrients that the body needs to survive. Therefore, not recommended to survive on ketchup alone for an extended period of time. But you haven't answered my question, AI. All right, we're back to Google. I had to ask. Old Reliable, how long can you survive off of ketchup? says ketchup may have quite a lot of calories in it 
if you eat a lot of it because it has sugar in it as a rule. You could live for weeks on it and water, but eventually you would die from nutritional deficiencies such as salt, protein, essential minerals, vitamins, and so forth. So it says for weeks on ketchup and water. It is possible. A la Elvis Francois. So what can we all do with this information? Well, you know, sometimes you you go through the drive-thru. They give you ketchup packets, sweet and sour sauce maybe for your nugs. And sometimes you have leftovers. Just throw those things in your glove box because you never know when you're going to be trapped in your car for days on end. You might get caught in a snowstorm. Who knows? Maybe the zombie apocalypse might be arriving. And you can survive on such things apparently for a little while anyways. As prices for eggs are soaring, there's a lot of smuggling from Mexico going on. As the price of eggs continues to rise, U.S. Customs and Border Protection officials are reporting a spike in people attempting to bring eggs into the country illegally from Mexico, where prices are lower. The jump in sightings of this contraband product can be best explained by the high price of eggs in the United States, which soared 60% in December over a year earlier. A combination of the deadliest bird flu outbreak in U.S. history, compounded by inflationary pressures and supply chain snags, is to blame for the high prices shoppers are seeing at the supermarket for their eggs and many other things. This is forcing some drastic measures. Some grocery store chains are limiting how many eggs customers can even buy. And some people are going as far as smuggling eggs from out of the country where prices are more affordable and risking thousands of dollars in fines in the process as well. Now we have a 30-count carton of eggs in Juarez, Mexico, sells for about $3.40. In some parts of the U.S., such as California, where I live, just a dozen eggs are now priced as high as $7.37. Yeah, that's about what I've seen it at. Shoppers from El Paso, Texas are buying eggs in Juarez because they are significantly less expensive. Most of the people arriving at International Bridges are open about their purchases because they don't realize eggs are actually prohibited. Ooh, I didn't know they were prohibited. You can't bring them into the country? Now, it says here, generally at the border, items are being declared during the primary inspection, like eggs, and the people are told that they need to abandon the product without consequence. But there have been some cases in the last few weeks where eggs were not declared and then subsequently discovered during inspection. If the products are discovered, agriculture specialists confiscate and destroy the eggs, which is routine for prohibited food. Those people are fined $300, but the penalty can be higher for repeat offenders of commercial size illegal imports. Now, in San Diego, they're really trying to crack down. We have customs official Jennifer De La O., she tweeted this week about an increase in the number of eggs intercepted at their ports. She wrote, failure to declare agricultural items, she warned, can result in penalties actually of up to $10,000. It says here, bringing poultry, including chickens and other animals, including their byproducts, such as eggs, into the United States is prohibited. The U.S. Department of Agriculture also forbids travelers from bringing eggs, with the exception of eggshells and mooncakes in certain instances, from other countries because of certain health risks as well. Eggs from Mexico specifically have been prohibited by USDA since 2012 based on the diagnosis of highly pathogenic avian influenza in commercial poultry from Mexico. So it looks like in the case of smuggling from Mexico anyways... It's been prohibited because of avian flu, which is why we're in the position that we're in in the first place. So they're just trying to prevent that, which makes sense. 
But I mean, everybody knows you're not supposed to smuggle eggs into the U.S. from Mexico. It's people. You're supposed to smuggle people. Everybody knows that. You put them under the floorboards and you bring them on over. Yeah. How, 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 how? How, 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 how? Do you like the news? Do you like it weird? Then you surely like weird have news. Hi, everyone. This is your host, highly caffeinated per usual. I got a lovely review, so let's give thanks and praise to Darius. Darius left me a five-star review on Amazon. And the title is Jonesy is a Legend. I mean, that's amazing. Jonesy is a legend, huh? That's sweet of you. I, you know, I agree. I'm a legend. I thought I was only a legend in my own mind. Apparently, I'm a legend to a handful of people in this world. Uh, Darius wrote me a nice little paragraph. I'll read it for you. It says, uh, I have finally got around to writing a review, and Jonesy is a total legend. The humor is on point and totally improvised. That takes skill. If you're looking for an off-the-cuff weird news podcast, you found it. Keep up the great work, man. <laughs> Thank you, Darius, so much. And good luck with your life, man. you got to tell everybody that leaves me a review to, good luck, to, to have good luck with their life, man. Um, yeah, if you're looking for off-the-cuff weird news... I think it's the only one so, <laughs> that does this, at least daily. And because it's totally improvised, yeah, it's hit or miss. Sometimes I make the stories hilarious. Sometimes they're marginally funny. Sometimes not funny at all. So you're rolling the dice uh, depending on a lot of factors. You know, uh, Oftentimes it's uh, how caffeinated I am, what kind of mood I'm in, if I have any, any energy at all, my hangover meter. If my hangover meter is at 11... It's going to probably be a bad episode, but I do the best I can to do it five days a week, guys, and I don't want to let you down, so I keep going despite my mood, so that's why you get sometimes they're great, sometimes they're, eh, they're okay, because uh, I, you know, I want to make sure I put it out. That's what's most important. I put out the content on a regular basis, and I've never committed to putting out content on a regular quite like this. I mean, it's like over five years, and like we're closing in on like, I don't know, 1,600 episodes or something. Um, so yeah, so sometimes they're great. Anyways, I don't need to make excuses. You know the deal. If you guys want to leave me a review like the awesome, the legend Darius, then you can do so at Amazon. I need good reviews on Amazon because I get a lot of poor reviews. In fact, my uh, my rating on this Amazon page is 3.9 out of 5 stars. So that tells you where we're going here. 16% have left me one star. That's a lot. That's a lot of percentage of people leaving. That's the second largest leaving me one star. Wow. I don't know what I did to them. Uh, anyways, uh, I'm going to try and publish some phone calls after this, by the way. I got a lot of phone calls the last couple of days, so I'm going to try and publish that. If Google can work with me, um, I'm, I was having a snag trying to download the messages this morning, so I'm going to check it again, and if they're downloaded, I'll publish them today. If not, I'll just publish them tomorrow. You can always call the show, by the way, 646-450-2012. You can email me, funnyjones at gmail.com. Of course, I love a review. If you could leave me one, make sure you subscribe to the show as well, but you don't have to do any of those things. Um, if you have any time and you happen to be finding yourself at a party, maybe, or you're in prison and you're talking about your favorite podcast, please mention mine. I'd appreciate that. Tell your therapist, tell your parole officer, Tell your parents, your grandparents, your kids about Weird AF News. I try and make it for everybody, but it's not. But I try. All right, I love you.